folks, welcome to episode 98 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So this week, we've got a few things to discuss in community news. So there's going to be an upcoming webinar about uh, Ubuntu 16.04 long-term support. That is the Xenial Xerus. Uh, it will be moving to extended security maintenance uh, next year. And so this is a way for uh, all of our 16.04 ALPS customers to kind of prepare themselves for that. So we'll be talking about that a bit later on, as well as uh, some recent updates to uh, security certifications news and a proposal to make home directories more private for uh, future Ubuntu releases as well. But before that, we're going to do the usual roundup of vulnerability fixes for the past week. So this week, there were 48 unique CVEs that were addressed across the supported Ubuntu releases. First up, we had an update for CRS. This is a library that in particular is used by Node.js for DNS resolution, it provides asynchronous uh, resolution. Uh, it's actually a fork of the original Ares library and it adds additional things like IPv6 support and 64-bit platform support and things like that. Uh, but yeah, it had a vulnerability uh, that in particular was reported uh, by the Node.js crew uh, where a denial of service could be triggered by a remote attacker who could trigger a particular application to perform a DNS uh, request to a chosen host. They've then uh, set up the DNS records for that host to have a very long length and this would then overrun uh, the buffer that was used by uh, Sierra's internally. So what was happening in the library itself was that uh, you would make a request to it to do the resolution, provide a buffer for it to fill in with an associated length. It would then uh, return back that buffer to you uh, with uh, what length was in there, but uh, it would tell you that it, you know, if there were say 100 records but it only had room to fit 50, it would tell you there were 100 records there. And so if you then went and used that length without uh, respecting the original buffer length, uh, it would be an error. You would get a buffer overrun, in this case a buffer overread most likely if you're not manipulating that data, uh, and so a crash as a result. Uh, so this was fixed then to make sure it only returns the actual length of data that was in the buffer, not you know, the total length of records. So that was fixed for Sierra's in uh, the Groovy Gorilla up until 2010. Uh, to note, this didn't affect uh, older releases because it was only introduced in the newer version of Sierra's. After that, we had an update for PHP My Admin, uh, 13 different CVEs for the Bionic Beaver 1804 long-term support release. Uh, and this was various sorts of issues that we see in these kind of web frameworks. Um, there was a bunch of different cross-site scripting attacks that could be done, uh, SQL injection, uh, cross-site request forgery, various uh, information leaks of sensitive info and that kind of thing. Uh, so a big update there for phpMyAdmin. If you are using that on uh, Ubuntu 18.04 long-term support, uh, you are now more protected. For our 16.04 long-term support users, we had an update for Firefox as well, 15 CVEs that were addressed in this. I did talk about this back in last week's episode, 97. We released the update last week for the other releases and it took a little longer for uh, this release because it is an older release. So uh, 16.04 long-term support was released back in 2016 and it has older libraries and things in it. And that means that when you have packages like Firefox that are using things like uh, the Rust toolchain and others and newer sorts of features, uh, they are harder to support in the older releases because they just aren't necessarily the libraries available. And we need to do uh, more work on this in particular. The desktop team uh, handled a lot of that. So thank you very much to them for doing that. But yes, yeah, so it does take slightly longer, but you are now uh, safer. So you do have the latest Firefox release now in Ubuntu uh, 16.04 long-term support. We had an update as well for Open LDAP. This was for our ESM customers, 12.04 and 14.04 extended security maintenance. Again, I talked about this back in last week's episode, but this was a couple of different denial of service issues. 
that were fixed for OpenLDAP there. After that, we had an update for Pulse Audio. This was for all of our uh, supported releases. So 16.04 long-term support, 18.04 long-term support, 20.04 long-term support, and 2010, the Groovy Gorilla. And this was one CVE that was actually discovered and fixed by James Henstridge from the Ubuntu desktop team. And this is an Ubuntu-specific uh, vulnerability in Pulse Audio, basically uh, to allow uh, Snaps and SnapD Daemon to do mediation of what your snap can do in terms of audio functionality, we add an extra policy module to Pulse Audio so that it can mediate that. So basically the idea is that you have a snap, uh, when it wants to use audio, uh, it first of all needs to actually have access to the audio devices, so it needs to have an equivalent, uh, it needs to have plugged the audio interface, so perhaps audio playback. Uh, it then makes obviously its request to Pulse Audio over that. Uh, Pulse Audio then has a look what uh, process is this. Uh, it's, uh, it's a snap, it has uh, this, uh, policy. So yes, I'm going to allow, say, audio record or audio playback, depending on what the snap has been allowed. Uh, what is interesting about this is there was a race condition there. So uh, the way that Pulse Audio used to uh, look up uh, the essentially the snap policy for it was to uh, get the uh, peer credentials from the socket connection that was made to it. And that can actually return with uh, an invalid credential, invalid user essentially, um, sorry, an invalid process ID. And so then it wouldn't be able to look up the appropriate, say, AppArmor label that the process was placed under to find out you know, what its uh, policy was. And so this was fixed actually by instead of it looking up process and then looking up AppArmor to just directly get the AppArmor label from the socket itself of the you know, associated process. And so then that happens all in a much more race-free way. And actually, James, if you follow him on Twitter, he did a, a post about this just the other day, basically asking, you know, for a, a given code that does socket operations with passing uh, peer credentials, what do you think the uh, the uh, output would be? So anyway, I'll uh, link to that in the show notes if you want to go and have a look. It kind of summarizes essentially the, the guts of that vulnerability. So thanks very much to James uh, for kind of working on that and leading that with us. After that, we had an update for Lib Extractor for the uh, Ubuntu 16.04 long-term support release. And actually for the next the next few vulnerabilities, they all are for 16.04 long-term support. So if you are a 16.04 long-term support user, you're definitely a bit safer. So Lib Extractor, uh, this is a library that is used to extract metadata from all kinds of file formats. It supports things like HTML, PostScript, uh, Microsoft Office documents, uh, audio files, image files, video archives, all kinds of stuff. So essentially if you're, say, um, maybe hosting a uh, file sharing website or something like that. You know, you can use this to ex easily um, summarize what kind of files are associated. Anyway, so being a library that handles all sorts of complex uh, formats and written in C, we see the usual sorts of vulnerabilities in these kind of things. So there was null pointer references here, uh, a divide by zero, uh, some infinite CPU loops that could be triggered. So all of those would result likely in a denial of service attack. There was also stack and heap buffer overflows as well, so it could potentially get code execution or at least denial of service by crashing applications through those as well. But they have all been fixed for LibExtractor. Similarly, uh, the PDF resurrect utility was updated as well for a single CVE uh, for Ubuntu 16.04 for long-term support. Uh, this is used to extract and manipulate the revision information inside PDFs uh, so that you can potentially you know, hide when things were modified or that kind of thing in the past, or at least be able to read it out and know when you know, your PDF was modified. Uh, this had an out-of-bounds write on a crafted PDF that could be triggered. Again, possible to get maybe code execution out of that one. There was an update for the ATFTP 
P uh, daemon and client package for Ubuntu 6.04 long-term support. A couple of different CVEs here. Uh, there was a null pointer to reference due to a failure to uh, properly lock uh, a mutex when accessing certain data. So eventually then you'd have a couple of different threads that would be racing on that same data and one of them would set it to null and the other one would go and use it assuming it wasn't null and fun ensues, you get a null pointer to reference. There was also a stack buffer overflow as well uh, due to the way that it was trying to call strun copy to uh, copy strings. Strun copy is meant to be a safe function and respect the length of the buffer you pass it. But obviously if you don't uh, pass it the right parameters, uh, all bets are off. And finally, there was an update for iGraph as well. A null pointer to reference here that was fixed for 16.04 long-term support and 18.04 long-term support releases. And that's it for this week in security updates. So as I said at the start, in the Ubuntu security community news, we've got a few things to cover. First up, um, there is an upcoming webinar by Lex Sandecki. He is the product manager for uh, extended security maintenance in Ubuntu. And on the 8th of December uh, at 4 p.m. UTC, he will be talking about uh, how to essentially transition your Ubuntu 16.04 long-term support to extended security maintenance. So Ubuntu 16.04 was released back in 2016, and as one of the most popular Ubuntu releases, there are many uh, deployments of it out in the wild that are still in production. In April next year, uh, that will reach the end of its five-year uh, long-term support period and will transition to extended security maintenance. And so uh, this webinar will talk about essentially the move to extended security maintenance and you know, the key kind of things you need to consider when planning a migration like that. So obviously it'll talk about what is extended security maintenance and what the extended security maintenance period is and all the associated things like that. Uh, it'll talk about six key considerations for planning a migration with Ubuntu 6.0 long-term support and obviously how to keep your uh, production secure while you plan that migration path as well. So yeah, definitely if you are a Ubuntu 16.04 long-term support user and you are thinking about uh, extended security maintenance for that, I urge you to uh, check that one out. And obviously there's a link in the show notes and that will be available afterwards as well if you are not able to attend at the time. Uh, next, our uh, security certifications team uh, have announced the release of libgcrypt for Ubuntu 18.04 long-term support, the Bionic Beaver as FIPS 140-2 certified. Uh, so that means that uh, in particular libgcrypt is used as part of the full disk encryption implementation in Ubuntu 18.04 long-term support. And so you now have FIPS certified uh, full disk encryption there as well. Uh, this is certified for five years by NIST and there's a link to, uh, to more information about that in the show notes as well. And last in community news, uh, I wanted to talk about a topic that uh, I myself actually raised uh, in Ubuntu to talk about uh, for the upcoming 21.04 release and onwards. And that is uh, the idea of reviving this concept of private home directories. And so in Ubuntu, uh, traditionally, and actually not just Ubuntu, Debian as well, and other uh, Linux distributions as well, if they choose to, uh, they often make home directories world readable. What that means is if you have multiple users on your machine, they can each generally see the files in each other's home directories unless you go and you know, either change the permissions yourself manually or do other things. And this is done, I guess, traditionally because there was a single computer in most people's houses. This was shared by multiple people. And so the idea that you could say share your music between each other or that kind of thing made a lot of sense. 
And this is actually something that has been discussed for about 14 years. There's an old bug report about this on Launchpad that I uh, kind of reference in this discussion. Uh, but things have moved on from there. And so I've got links to this post that I made. But basically, the argument is that you know we, we've moved on from that now. Most uh, people that install Ubuntu, their machines are single use. There's only one user. But there are many places uh, that deploy Ubuntu in the cloud. And then they do have multiple users. But those are often things like worker accounts. So you might have you know your admin on there, but then you may have a less privileged worker account that is, say, running, I don't know, some service or whatever it is that you've deployed the machine for. And the problem there is that if that worker account gets compromised, it can then access potentially you know, the credentials of the admin or of other worker accounts as well. And so this isn't really a kind of defense in depth approach. So this is something that we as a security team think that uh, should be changed for upcoming releases. This obviously affects uh, a bunch of different stuff because there are going to be various applications that have relied on the ability of say, you know, maybe there's some daemon that they run uh, that is then accessing things in your home directory to do part of its work. You know, things like that may then break if that is running under a different user. So yeah, uh, but it's certainly just start, started the discussion there. And if anyone listening to this, obviously if you have feedback uh, and you're subscribed to the Ubuntu Develop Discuss mailing list, uh, feel free to reply there. Or I've also created an equivalent topic on discourse.ubuntu.com as well. And again, links in the show notes. All right, so that takes us to the end of this week's episode. As usual, if you do want to get in contact with the team, you can email us at security.ubuntu.com. Uh, we have the Ubuntu Harden mailing list as well as the Ubuntu Harden channel on chat.freenode.net if you're into IRC. Again, there is discourse.ubuntu.com so you can come and discuss private home directories there or anything else security related or obviously anything else Ubuntu related too in the other associated topics. Or if you want to hit us up on Twitter, we are at Ubuntu underscore sec there. So thanks everyone for listening again for another week. It's been great to do this all for you. Uh, as I say, if you have any feedback, please feel free to get in contact. Uh, and until next time, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.